You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. We are gathered here as advisors, as scientists. The kind of place the ghosts like to walk around. Hey, we all know that we're going to die, baby. I'll help you. I'm something of a witch. Cargy, welcome to Mission Spooky. I be your Captain JC. With me today, Queen of the Seas, Kiki, and our local cryptid enthusiast. Cord. Everybody else gets a cool ocean name, and I'm just like, you're the nerd on the boat who likes pink. <laughs> and Krakens. And Krakens, okay? And, okay, Krakens are cool, yeah. You're just a cryptid enthusiast. I like to think that you chartered the boat not realizing it was full of pirates to go like try and find a Kraken or some shit. You could have stayed with the cryptid theme and made me the Kraken. But you're like, no, you're the nerd on the boat who's studying the Kraken, you loser. Well, that makes you William Dampier, who has the best goddamn last name of any pirate ever. Dampier. Fuck yeah. I do, I do definitely like that name. Yep. Yep. You're like, well, you're like the William Dampier, except that you're not just a navigator. You're also a hunter of cryptids. And now I kind of want a fucking comic book about that. I'm in. Cord right? hunting cryptids. I mean, well, we yeah. should like do um a like a like a role playing thing like that. Oh wait, we're already on. <laughs> yeah, right. You mean we need to add it to it? I'm just gonna say, you know, it has been yeah. a pretty big life goal of mine to at least write a comic book script at some point. So I know. Let's do it, baby. I know. Oh, thank you for upgrading me back to the queen of at least the seas. I'm okay with that. Good. I'm glad that you're happy because I definitely care. Yeah, you should, but <laughs> you should. I should. You're right. I should. And I do. I do mm -hmm. definitely care. In your own way. Yep. My own way. We got a lot of crap to get through today. So we decided we were going to waste a bunch of time talking to people about, you know, our lives because... We're totally boring anyway, right? I mean, I'm not. Okay, last week you were. Well, yeah, last week was last week. This week is this week. I change week to week. Don't hold oh, the standard, wait. okay? I take that back, because last week you said you were boring, but then we found out you went on an ice cream run, so that was a lie. Yes. You're on, like, an ice cream expedition and didn't fucking invite us. <laughs> Look, I, it's it's a me and, me and Shannon thing. Oh yeah, ice cream is a you and Shannon thing. Huh? No, the expectation, the the journey for the ice cream is the me and Shannon thing. Okay, <laughs> shut up. I am definitely leaving that part in. That was Ex funny. Exp He's like, the fuck it, the journey. The, the, yeah. <laughs> so. The, uh, the only thing that I have to mention that's kind of like new is uh, I spent a great deal of time on our YouTube channel making sure that there are now three separate playlists of YouTube videos that include all of the musicians who we have featured for the last three years. Nice. Three years in October, but almost three total years. Holy poop. Yeah. Um, so please go. Please go check that out. I think we just need to break for commercial and say fuck it and get to the uh, pirates. All right, yeah, let's do that. Welcome back. Hey, JC. What? What, Cord? Why did the pirate 
get a gym membership? <laughs> I don't know. Why, Cord? Man, you're not even going to try to guess. All right, let me think. To get in ship shape? No, but that is a good answer. Oh, that's good, yeah. That is a good answer, but no. How many guesses do I have to make before you just tell the fucking joke? <laughs> he needed to bulk up and improve his chest and his booty. <laughs> oh, my God. I like my answer better, honestly. <laughs> so when we left off, it was August of 1695. and Thomas Oh, shit. I thought it was 2022. Nope. It was actually 1695. And Thomas, too. And his Rhode Island pirates and Henry Every in their stolen ship fancy had all met up near Mundob Strait, choosing Every as the leader of the pirate armada, making him the arch pirate, or to some, the king of pirates. Yeah, I like pirate king better than arch pirate. Arch pirate makes me feel like that, like an arch fiend. You know, that's the D and D thing. I like, I like that. Yeah, I I prefer king of pirates or pirate king. That sounds better to me. That's personally, you know. Why not the Arch King of Pirates? Could be. <laughs> uh, I think the Pirate King moniker was uh, saved for Adam Baldridge, who ran one of the ports in Madagascar. Well, we've mentioned him a couple times, and he'll get mentioned again today, too. So anyway, they all lay in wait for the Indian fleet, often referred to as the Mughal fleet, easily the richest prize in Asia. And by now, they've been waiting a long time. June, July, and now August. With no sign of the Mughal fleet, the men decided to ready a pinnace with a few of the best men they had, and they set them off north, looking for any signs of activity. I'm also shocked that for some reason, JC has not yet made fun of the word pinnace. I was thinking about it, but I'm like, it's too early. It's it's too early in the session. I just want her to be able to get along with some stuff. I don't want to interrupt 45 seconds into her story because that would be that would be too rude even for me. You actually made a joke like five seconds after. I Look, I change my rules day to day, <laughs> moment to moment. It's how I live my life. <laughs> yeah. I cannot be held responsible for my actions ever. In any circumstance, ever. Okay, okay, Donald Trump, settle down. <laughs> Jason's just living on the edge, man. If he falls off, that's not his problem. No, it's the edges. He's an agent of chaos. Indeed. So in just two days, though, the men returned with a couple of prisoners. And these men told them that they had just seen the Mughal fleet anchored up the Red Sea. But they were preparing to leave and head south straight in the direction of the pirates what fortunate luck right unless wait were they like planning on meeting the pirates they weren't planning on meeting the pirates but the pirates definitely wanted to meet them okay you know they wanted to have them over for tea and crumpets and yeah yeah i assume that's what they wanted finally after months of waiting the men would have their prize at least you know that's the positivity they were putting forth they began making ready for the battle of their lives renewed spirits and sharpened cutlasses abound but Days went by, and still no sign of the Mughal fleet. Almost a week flies by, until sails finally appear on the horizon. But it was only a small merchant ship, whose captain said he had been following the Mughal fleet. If his calculations were correct, all 25 ships had managed to slip silently past the pirate fleet in the dead of night. <laughs> Job! I know. I was like, whose job was it to watch for that? Did they fall asleep? Were they drunk? 
Yeah, somebody's in trouble. I mean, maybe they were just really sneaky. True. Yeah, you know, boats are notoriously incredibly sneaky. I mean, they can be. That sounded sarcastic, but it, they they can be. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you meant that or... I mean everything I say, except that. Well, funny you should mention that because it could very well have been that the Mogul fleet, knowing previously, not too long ago, that Thomas too, right? He'd already been here. He'd already plundered. I think they got a little bit wise to pirates in general, and it's a very good chance that they doused all their lights and did go silent and unseen through the night. So maybe not necessarily a drunken pirate's problem. But hey, you know what? Sometimes fortune and glory needs to be chased. So on September the 1st, 1695, the arch-pirate Every and his pirate armada set sail for the Gulf of Adon in pursuit of their fortune and glory. As the pirate fleet advances towards the Mogul fleet, Richard Want aboard the Dolphin starts lagging behind. Go figure, it was the one that was fitted in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> it's decided to be scuttled. Ugh such a shame and the crew joins with every on the fancy at some point a small part of the 25 ships mogul fleet is seen and this would be 1600 ton ganji sawai with 80 cannons and its escort the 600 ton fata muhammad so wait what you're saying is that the indian government had some pretty big guns this is the mughal empire of india and yes they're very wealthy very powerful Amity and Susanna, if you remember those two ships, right? Amity's Captain Two ship. Susanna is Thomas Wake's ship. They're also having trouble keeping up with the fancy because, I mean, that boat was built for speed. Perhaps worried that he's going to miss out on the plunder, Captain Two breaks off from the pirate fleet and pursues the smaller Fatah Muhammad. The ship's traveling pretty slowly and Two believes that it's probably weighed down with a tremendous amount of plunder. Two and his men are expecting the same kind of fight as before. You know, well, really, not really a fight at all. It's just they gave up. And then this time they they did not give up. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to bring bigger boats yeah. to a battle, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, they're expecting these guys to just kind of roll over and give up. And two and his men are just going to live the rest of their lives in luxury. After all, two has promised his wife and two daughters that this will be the last job for him. He would return with even more riches than before and he would never set sail again. But much to his surprise, the Fatah Muhammad does fight back. So he did keep one promise. Yes. It was his last job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately. There's cannon fire from both ships and clouds of acrid smoke fill the air. But above the din of all the firing cannons and muskets, there is a distinctive cry of agony. Uh-oh. And when the smoke clears, Captain Two lies face down on the deck of the Amity. No. Disemboweled by a cannon. Ooh. E. Some would say nearly an unrecognizable corpse except for his distinctive dress and the gold watch that Governor Fletcher of New York had gifted him. That's got to be a rough way to go. <laughs> yeah. Get shot with a cannon, man. John Ireland assumes leadership of the crew, and two's men bury what is left of their captain at sea. They are going to return to Madagascar, where they retire Amity, and trade for a new ship, the Charming Mary. Two's story will become both the cautionary tale of piracy, and also what pirates aspire to be. I mean, he had the largest take ever. And that is where Captain Two's story is obviously going to end. Fair. At the end of his life. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Logically, Fair. that is that sound. Yeah. So sorry. 
Four days later, however, every will encounter the Fatah Muhammad and they will surrender to him fairly quickly, most likely due to injuries they'd already suffered with the short fight with Thomas II in the Amity. Or maybe it was that, you know, I remind you that Fancy's got 42 guns. Or is it 46? A lot. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> the ship is sacked by Every and his men, and it's discovered that it belongs to the wealthiest merchant in Surat, Abdul Ghaffar. Now, that's cool because two was 100% correct, that it was very slow because it was laden with so much treasure. The treasure on board the Fatah Muhammad will equal, in today's dollars, roughly 14 million. They've made Ocean's Eleven movies for about that much. Right. Well, like the reward for the movie at the <laughs> end of the heist was 14 million. I'm sure it costs more than that to actually put the movie together. <laughs> Which blows my mind. But once Every's crew receives their shares, it equals only a small amount. To put that in perspective, each of the men, there's about 115 of them, and that's on the high side. If the shares are being dealt out evenly, they would have all received about $121,000 in today's money. But we know that Every gets double the shares, so we have to take that into account. So it's more likely that each man was going to walk away with about $113,000 in today's money. Mm. And if you're kind of thinking about it in today's standards, that's not even enough money to buy a house in most states right now. I mean, the housing market's fucking crazy right now. So like no, under normal circumstances, even with it being a little weird, it's still like technically it's not enough money for them to purchase the property they want to purchase and retire permanently. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. These guys want to buy land or farms and they don't want to ever sail again. So they need more money. So every next set sail for the Gunji Sawai catching up to her about eight days away from Surat. Naganji Sawai has 62 guns and carries four to 500 armed guards. What the pirates don't know is that she's also carrying about 600 other passengers. Wow. These, yeah, these folks are going to be on their way back from their religious journey to Mecca. At this point, only the Pearl and the Portsmouth Adventure are with Fancy when she's going to begin this fight. She's got 46 guns. And she's technically larger than the Mughal ship, but it's the size of the Ganji Sawai's crew that makes yeah. this an unfair fight. But here's where fate steps in. When the Ganji Sawai opens fire, so does the Fancy. And there must have been this moment of abject terror as Every and his men, shrouded in cannon smoke, waited for the cannonball to land on deck and pretty much vaporize a whole bunch of people. But instead... There just seems to be a lot of yelling and screaming coming from the Mughal ship. And that's because one of the Ganji Sawai's cannons exploded, killing some of its gunners, while at the same time, Every's broadside destroyed its main mast. Nice. That is a one in a million fluke that these two events would occur almost simultaneously. And I like to think that Every stood there in shock for a moment and then followed that expression with a shit-eating grin. I'd also like to love Every at this moment, but what happens next is an atrocity, and therefore, I repeat, as with most pirates, these men are not role models. He killed everyone on board, Dane. Having gained the upper hand, the larger fancy came alongside the Ganji Sawai, her crew swinging on board and overpowering the smaller vessel. Most of that is due to just the absolute confusion going on in the boat. Um, there's also a fire because of that exploded cannon. Uh, yeah, it's just a disaster. And here is where I'm going to fast forward to kind of the end result. 
the horrors of man, so to speak. Every will do nothing as his crew subjects the men and women of that boat to days of torture, rape, and murder. Things are going to be so bad on the Ganji Sawai that the women will commit suicide rather than be violated. The West is going to wind up denying a lot of these things occurred for a very long time, sympathizing with the pirates, that it was overblown by the, the Mughal Empire. But we have sworn testimony from at least one of Every's men, John Sparks, that these things did occur. And I personally think that they did. And it probably falls under what we call the lesser clause that we talked about before, especially when the testimony of John Sparks in his, quote, last dying words and confession are said, quote, inhuman treatment and merciless tortures inflicted on the poor Indians and their women still affected his soul and that he was sorry for the, quote, horrid barbarities he had committed, though only on the bodies of the heathen. So almost like because they were Muslim women, heathens, they were not seen as equals. So the men could rape as they pleased with no consequences from the Christian God. Uh, some historians suggest that every simply could not control all of those men. Like I said, there's roughly 115 of them, like just on his boat alone. And that really it should have been the men controlling themselves. I mean, yeah, there is a little bit of personal responsibility there. Yeah. Um, you know, I live by a few tenants and one of them's, you know, don't rape and murder people. Right. Fair. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess if you're choosing the pirate life, you know, maybe you don't have those same tenants and maybe sometimes you need to be reined in a little bit. Yeah. You get a lot of, um, well, they've been at sea for so long and they've been away from their women for so long and no, nope. blah, 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 blah. And I, yeah, no, there's actually no, I mean, if you think about, if you go back to when, they were originally like caught up in the Spanish ex expedition while the fancy was still called the Charles II. There were women who were visiting them constantly, whether it was their wives who were living there for a while or sex workers, whatever the case may be, they, ha they had access. So it's really only been a few months since they've seen somebody. So I don't even think that that, and, and I wouldn't even use that as an excuse, but I'm simply saying like that excuse is also just bullshit because... No, this isn't like they've spent years at sea and they ain't seen a woman in like 10 years and they go and crazy. And they thought a manatee was a woman and they probably yeah. fucked it, you know. Yeah, exactly. Looking no, at no, you, Mr. Columbus. We've not <laughs> we've not reached that level yet. <laughs> we've not reached the level of manatee fucking yet, okay? So that's a, just a shitty excuse. And I, But I think that given Every's past with the slave trade, I think it's a lot more realistic that he just didn't care either way yeah that's why i would vote for uh if i had to vote uh which i do yeah he just didn't give a fuck so there's several rumors and tales surrounding who exactly was on board the ganji so why including a great story of how every fell in love with the possible daughter of the mughal emperor Aurangzeb. but those are just stories they're fun stories though they're the, they have basically one of the tales of, of henry every and it literally is just a story it is not true that uh, the greatest treasure on the ship was not gold or jewels. It was actually the daughter of Aurangzeb and that uh, they fell in love and they ran away together and they made babies. And I can't remember what I want to say it was on Madagascar, but I could be wrong about that. Anyway, fun story if you look it up. But what isn't a story, though, is that the ship was, in fact, the treasure ship 
of none other than Emperor Aurangzeb, and uh, he's not happy. Yeah, wouldn't be. I mean, I don't know why you put all of your treasure on one boat, but oh, well, um, that wasn't all. Of I, know, I know, I <laughs> know. I say that the Mughal Empire was filthy rich. <laughs> oh, oh yes, oh yes. And keep in mind, this they have made the trip to Mecca. They're on their way back, so things were picked up. Items were picked up. It wasn't just all gold and silver, as in the money part of it. It was things that were bought. And you've got 600 people on board who also have money because they have money to make this trip. They're on his ship. You know, these are probably really wealthy people as well. So every does leave the survivors of the days of horror, as I like to say, aboard the broken vessel. And they do eventually limp back their intended port in India, but the emperor is out in today's money about, hold on to your pants, $140 million in goods and possibly another $115 million in gold and silver. Damn. Yeah. Nice. And that is why we say that Henry Every is the most successful pirate of all time as far as money and a take goes. They would definitely do a heist movie about that, for sure. They really should do just a heist movie about this. Or you can play the game Uncharted 4 because, you know, that's what this is all about, apparently. I'd rather watch a movie. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) As soon as a game's like, ah, you need to stealth, I'm like, "Ah, I'm shutting this off. I don't like being sneaky. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so the plunder of this vessel will have immediate and serious consequences for the English and very much the East India Company. The existence of English trade in India is threatened by whatever he has done. Attacking pilgrims to Mecca is a sacrilege, and the raping of Muslim women is also a violation of the Hajj. The Hajj is the pilgrimage itself that every Muslim must make once in a lifetime to Mecca in case people were not aware. By the way, just side note, I think it's one of the most beautiful parts of Islam. So, uh, yeah, not, not good. The local Indian governor immediately arrests English subjects in Surat which serves a dual purpose of not only punishing them for the crimes of their fellow countrymen, but also keeps them from being murdered in the streets by angry Indians rioting. (laughs) Yes. Because, you know, they're very mad, and justly so. It'd be one thing if they were robbed, but the uh, the raping, the torture, and the murdering was there. Nope. Aurangzeb quickly closes four of the factories of the East India Company within India, and he imprisons the officers who were working there. If you want more in-depth history about that, there are some letters written back and forth that are kind of interesting and just go to show like how frightened the Englishmen were because they really honestly thought they were probably just going to get executed for the crimes of, you know, Henry Every. They had nothing to do with it. He even considers, Aurangzeb, I should say, considers ordering an attack against the English city of Bombay to expel the English from India once for all. Everyone is on the edge of a knife during this whole time period. It's very scary. There's a lot of people who honestly believe they're probably going to die because of someone else. And it's it's complicated. But the East India Company does come up with a plan of attack themselves. They're going to hand over reparations of the financial losses of the ship. And they convince Parliament to declare the pirates in question as my favorite, Hostis Humani Generis, enemies of all mankind. 
There's a fantastic book by the name of Enemies of All Mankind that is a book about pirate history, and I highly suggest it. And as I've said at the very end of all of our pirate stuff, I will have a list of all the books that I used, and they're fascinating and awesome. That is one of them. A bounty of 500 pounds, or in today's money, 117,000, is placed on Every's head. Note that that's actually roughly what each of Every's men got or would have received from just the Fatah Muhammad. A free pardon is promised to any man willing to become an informant against Captain Every. Ooh, that's that's how you get him. Yeah. Yeah. And then what you do is you don't uphold the pardon. That's... (laughs) Yeah. Is that what they did, Kiki? (laughs) (laughs) I like no how I say the worst thing I can possibly think of people doing, and that's usually what they do. I yeah. have said, I have said many times that when we're doing pirates, it's not spooky as in ooh paranormal. It's horrifying as in people did terrible things to each other. Yeah, I won't get into that right now. The bounty, though, is eventually doubled to a thousand pounds on every, and again, that's roughly the take that every would have given himself just for the Fatah Muhammad. I imagine him finding out of it because he will find out eventually, you know, about these bounties and him sort of laughing, going, <laughs> I just made that off of one ship. <laughs> is that all you're going to put on my head? Seriously? <laughs> anyway, the first worldwide manhunt in recorded history begins, which is also pretty fascinating. Also, according to the Crown, every will not be afforded a pardon or amnesty of any kind. That was a promise they made to Emperor Aurangzeb to make sure that they, uh, that India understood that they were being very serious about this man, and they did take responsibility in some way for his act. Because it is thought that he's sheltering in the American colonies, though, the Board of Trade becomes involved in coordinating the manhunt. So, remember how I said, you know, like you were going to see how giving all those commissions to these men from places like New York, Pennsylvania, and Rhode Island were going to come back to become a problem later. Oh, yeah. When this those people <laughs> decided to rape and murder a bunch yeah. of innocent just bystanders. Yeah, yeah. On a religious pilgrimage. Yeah, no bueno. So while that's going on, we'll head back to Madagascar. And Adam Baldridge, who I mentioned before, he's there making notes about what's happening to the pirate fleet their comings and goings. The Susanna was the first one to make it back to the port at St. Mary's, but that sickness had ravaged the crew and killed many, including its intrepid captain, Thomas Wake. So here is where Thomas Wake's story ends. That's A few days later, Amity arrived, but with John Ireland as her captain, giving him the bad news that Thomas too had been killed in battle. The Fancy towed the Pearl back to Madagascar, but uh, the Portsmouth Adventure and the Fancy are going to kind of bypass anchoring there. Later on, both of those ships are going to get caught in a storm with the Adventure running aground at the Comoros Islands. Fancy's going to meet up with them later while they're stranded there, and they're going to offer to help. But there's not going to be enough room for everybody on Fancy because, well, there's just not. So they have to make a decision about who's staying behind. There's no record of how that decision was made. But we do know that Joseph Farrow, captain of Portsmouth Adventure, and half of his crew climbs aboard the Fancy, while the other half decides to stay on the island. Decides. Yes. (laughs) Well, it probably was sort of a, well, maybe it was like a 
drawing sticks type thing. It is not a death sentence for them. This is a, a place that a lot of other ships are going to be coming and going. And they probably have plenty of food. That, food they have fresh water there. So it's more of a, you go ahead, we'll split up the crew, and the rest of us will we'll figure out a way to get off the island later. It's not a big deal. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, it's not like an actual marooning <laughs> in the middle of literally nowhere and you're fucked. By now, though, the Fancy has crews from both the Pearl and the Portsmouth Adventure on board their ship. But Every is going to drop the crew of the Pearl off at St. Augustine Bay, most likely because they were not really friends anymore. Uh, the, the men on the Pearl had clipped coins when they were handing treasure over to the Fancy. <laughs> Um, Every's men figured it out pretty quickly, told him about it. He ordered them to go back to the Pearl at the time, and it was when they still had it in tow, and uh, take back piles of gold just for this transgression. So by now, these two crews are probably very happy to be rid of each other. Oh, yeah, for sure. Pirates be pirates, you know? Uh, yeah. I kind of imagine, too, that at some point, the guys are like, ah, uh, you know, we just figured we, you know, come on. Like, you no can't knock feelings. the hustle. You can't. Yeah. Like we figured we'd try it. We got caught. Okay. Here, here's some gold back, you know, for what we did. It's okay. Uh, it was, it was relatively bloodless. Nobody actually fought. No guns were, you know, but they're not really liking each other either. They're very distrustful of each other. And I'm sure they were happy to be like GTFO my ship. Yeah. Every is then going to make a very short stop over at the French Isle of Bourbon, as I like to say it. Uh, it's spelled Bourbon, but Bourbon. Uh, that is now called La Réunion, the Isle La Réunion. There, they're going to dole out the weddings to all the men, officially. Some of them are going to stay on this island and live happily ever after. At least that's how I'm putting it. We don't know what happens to them. They all fall in love with a prince and or princess of their choosing. And, you know, happily ever after. That's how everything happened in the 1700s. Got him. Late 1600s, but sure. Whatever. You're close. Yeah. You're close enough. I'll accept it. Thanks. You're welcome. So <laughs> the fancy, though, eventually lands in Nassau. And this is, again, like, goddamn Henry Every has some of the best fucking luck of any man. Like... If this was a D&D &D adventure, this man would definitely be blessed by Timora. I am telling you right now. <laughs> For those that don't know, that's the goddess? She's the goddess of luck. Yes. Luck, yeah. She's the goddess of luck. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, they land in Nassau at pretty much the exact moment that the governor is in desperate need of three things. A ship, money, and men. Men who are willing to do questionable things. Yes. The accepted history of events on Nassau is this. Every sent a small contingent of men to shore, giving a letter and a huge bribe to the island's governor, Sir Nicholas Trot. I was giving you a pause in case you wanted to make fun of Nicholas Trot for any reason. Why? Immediately think of the Trots, and that's when you have diarrhea. But anyway. <laughs> Who has ever? I've never once in my life heard that. Really? Yeah. I, I don't think that's real. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that you know it. Jesus. No, yeah, 100%. Yeah. No, oh, yeah, I've never heard the trots. Yeah. Yeah, you trots. never heard someone call it that? No. <laughs> I will do a special Patreon only trots episode. <laughs> trots. It's just it's just Kiki shitting. <laughs> it's the audio of Kiki having diarrhea. <laughs> or as my son calls it, diarrhea. 
Close enough. Right? <laughs> okay, so in this letter with this giant bribe that he gives to Sir Nicholas, I'm just going to call him Sir Nicholas because then it reminds me of Harry Potter. <laughs> mm. Anyway, um, he calls himself Captain Bridgman. And he Ooh. writes in the letter that his crew are unlicensed slavers in need of shore leave. The bribe is to help convince Sir Nicholas to not alert the East India Company about, quote, Bridgman and his illegal slave trading, as the East India Company has a worldwide monopoly on slaving in Britain and the colonies, including the Bahamas. So, sure, the letter actually makes perfect sense. Like, don't tell anybody I'm here. Here's a lot of money. And it's all because of slaving. I'm going to guess. And here's me just once again guessing that humans are bad and shitty and make terrible decisions. Uh, the governor betrays him. <laughs> Man, nail on the head, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. No, no, no. See, no, it's the opposite of that. Wait, oh, he betrays okay. the governor? No, oh, look, he's harboring fake slavers. Oh. Or illegal slavers. <laughs> Dude. You know what? It could have gone that way, too. But I just told you that Trot needs three things. Desperately. Oh. <laughs> True. Yeah, you did say that, but then we got onto the diary. It's money actually being given all three of those fucking things right now. You see, and this is where the luck of Henry Every comes in. The French were standing on the doorstep of Nassau, having recently captured the island of Exuma. It's a weird one. It sounds like Exuma, but it's Exuma. Don't forget, the English are fighting the French right now. So Trot needs protection, and the fancy would be the largest ship in the harbor. And that's going to discourage the French from attempting to capture Nassau. The fancy's crew, if they stay in Nassau, they're going to double the amount of men in the town. And that's going to be a much more dangerous target for the French, just because of they yeah. have all these guys. Oh, yeah, especially, you know, like guys who can and have fought. But yeah, you don't yeah. want to you don't want to fuck with people that can fight back and possibly win. That's rule number one of war. Yeah. And he basically hands him a very large, it just says a large sum of money. I'm imagining in my head, it's very easy for him to just take about 500, even a thousand pounds out of his own coffers of all this money that he just made just to make this happen so they can escape. Mm -hmm. Right. So naturally, one could also argue that Trot is not going to deny the request because he sees how large the fancy is with its 46 goddamn guns and all these fucking dudes. And he's like, yeah, no, go ahead and stay. <laughs> I mean, what am I going to do about it? Right? Like, oh, also you're going to give me some money. Oh, okay, sure. I don't want to die and I don't want Nassau destroyed. So how about we just, yeah, sure. Come on in. <laughs> Seems to be the right call. I think I would have made the exact same call if I was in those shoes. I'd be like, okay, you're giving me money for me not to get fucked. Wow, okay. I see no downside to this. Sounds there like a go. good deal. Yep. We got this, my dude. Yep, I'm in. On top of it, surprised as fuck that he's also going to give me the ship. Just fucking oh give it to me. Oh, God. Because, <laughs> you know. Now I'm seeing where this is going. They wouldn't want that ship anymore. It's, it's the Charles II. Everyone knows that ship, except maybe Governor Trot doesn't know that because he hasn't gotten wind of exactly what's happened yet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The worldwide manhunt is gearing up, but he's in the Bahamas. He just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> I'm telling you, Henry Every is a total fucker, but I gotta love him for this plan. I love the hustle. Once again, God gotta damn. love the hustle. So they dump the ship. 
I'll get to that in a minute. I'll get to that right away. I'm going to change my mind. I'll just tell you this part. The crew of the Fancy is going to break up into three groups. And they're going to purchase three separate small vessels. Okay, so just keep that in mind. So while they're getting their shit together and they're getting things rolling to get the fuck out of Nassau, Governor Trot's like, yeah, I'm going to take the ship. There's a couple stories about what exactly happens with the ship, but let's just say that it, it winds up getting scuttled in a way because it, it gets ran aground. Okay. Maybe because after everybody's gone, uh, and this is why I say there's two, there's kind of two ways to take this. The first way is the I'm on your side, Henry Every way, where he knows damn well that Captain Bridgman is Henry Every. He's already caught wind of what's happened and he's going to just be like, okay, look, you're giving me all this fucking shit. I ain't saying nothing. But then as soon as he finds out about the manhunt, he actually tells Henry Every and the men, you're going to have to get the fuck out because they're on their way. They're looking for you and they're going to stop here. So just get out now. In that scenario, he takes the ship and runs it aground on purpose. How that ship got there. That's on the other side of the island. I don't... Henry Every? No, no, no. The only people that have been here have been a Captain Bridgman and his crew. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> How did I get this thousand gold from... I know some of it has, like, Mughal Empire stamped on it, but I didn't know. That is legit one of the things that he does wind up saying, that he has absolutely no idea about. It. Like, that by the time he got the news that it was this guy's shit that got fucked up as in Aurangzeb that he didn't know and Henry every men were already long gone so sorry sorry I fucked up I mean yeah sure the other part of that is that Henry every and his men left left the fancy behind on purpose duh and then Trot finds out like well after the fact oh shit that was Henry every and his men and now Ooh. I have now I have to run the ship aground because well I'm gonna take the forty six cannons out of it first or some of the cannons. Well you there gotta. There's another historian that mentioned that the cannons were actually that he it was run aground on purpose because it looked like the ship was wrecked, which technically it was, but the cannons worked. And so he had the like facing out towards if the French came in, he could he could man those cannons from inside the wrecked ship and still shoot at the French. And I actually thought that was pretty smart if that's what he did. Smart on two accounts. One, I got to wreck this fucking ship because I don't want England to think that I took it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a mistake considering it's also a Spanish ship. My bad. But then, you know, also getting something out of it anyway. Getting his protection that he wanted, but just in a different way. Kind of sneaky. Both stories are really fascinating and it could have gone either way. And I don't think we'll, we're never going to know which one it really is. You know, so because you're going to lie your face off, <laughs> you know, and to protect yourself from possibly helping and harboring pirates. Unless, of course, you're the American colonies. Illegal slave trader. Right, right, right. Illegal slave. Trader. That was well, you know, that was so much better than pirates. Right. God damn. I was going to say something about that. Just just think about that for me. OK, like. So as I said, the uh, the fancy crew, the fancy's crew, they get their three vessels. So the first one to leave is going to be the Isaac. And that's about 20 men on board. And that's going to be bound for Ireland. And here's where I just go, ah, what the fuck? You guys could go anywhere the fuck else you wanted. Why would you attempt to try to go home? You always got to go home. People are going to know. Your family knows. Your communities know. 
that you were part of the Spanish expedition and you have not been back for two years. Somebody's going to figure it out. They're not dumb. Yeah, they go home. And they're not going to fare well, as you probably ex- expected. I did. Some of them have big mouths and they want to talk too much about them being a pirate. Well, I mean, if you happen to spend two years away, people got some questions. What happened to you? I attacked the most. I mean, I did some illegal slave trade and then wound up in Nassau. I don't know. Wait, Nassau? Isn't that where, what's his name? Found the boat? Yep. Oh, shit. Yep, I done fucked up. Of course, other ones just, you know, wave around Mogul Empire gold in front of fucking tavern owners. <sighs> so dumb. So several of them are going to get captured. Uh, six of them, to be exact, are going to go on to have uh, charges of committing piracy on the Ganji Sawai. Oops. Those are going to be Joseph Dawson, 39, Edward Forsyth, 45, William May, 48, William Bishop, 20, James Lewis, 25, and John Sparks, 19. I mentioned John Sparks earlier. Remember, he was the one who had the little quote about the terrible things that he did. Yes. <sighs> All but Dawson are going to plead not guilty to the charges. Here's my question about that. Like, I feel like back in the day, it would probably be really easy to, quote unquote, wash your money. Like, can you just like fucking <laughs> mess up the face and restamp it and or something like that to make it not the same gold <laughs> that you stole. Yeah, we talked about that last time where I think it was when, when we were talking about Thomas too and you asked that question about like how did they get caught? And this is this time and time again these guys don't know exactly how to spend this money because it's you know, you'd have to you'd have to find somebody to melt it down maybe. And you have that's to trust. Where that's where, yeah, yeah, you need you need to find a uh, like a shady blacksmith, I guess. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Again, who's, another who's delicate enough to work with gold? Another D and D reference of like you got to get in the town, you got to find the blacks, bribe the fuck out of that dude. Hopefully, he keeps his fucking <laughs> mouth shut. If yeah. not, you're gonna have to kill him, and then there's gonna be more questions. Just, you you yeah. don't kill him. You make kill his whole family. You kill his family. <laughs> See. Yikes, dog. <laughs> okay, so some of us have also played D&D way too long, because I'm like, yeah, you kill his family. <laughs> <laughs> I usually play good characters. Good yeah, me too. Well, I'm the DM, so I have to play nasty NPCs too. So that's where my mind went to. But anyway, yeah, so here's what we're going to learn, that the lives of a few men are not worth the amount of money to be earned by the East India Company or the continued trade with India. So despite considerable pressure from the judge advocate of the Admiralty to reach a verdict of guilty, the jury decides that they are not guilty of piracy. The court is completely shocked. This verdict could mean the total loss of trade with India, and it could in turn mean the collapse of English economy. Mm -hmm. Obviously, though, the people who were on the jury had probably heard about the treatment of these men during the Spanish expedition and Hugh Blonde's feeble response to getting the men back that they, some of the men had tried to get out of their contracts, remember, and then they were denied. So perhaps the jury, it seems that the government was just hell bent on blaming these guys for a situation that could have been helped if Hugh Blonde had just fucking paid them the fucking money that he fucking was supposed to pay them. Here's a pretty important life lesson to y'all out there. 
if you're responsible for someone else's income, like if you pay them, make sure you do that because it's extremely important. Yes, because when they get hungry enough, they will eat. They you. will eat. <laughs> Eventually, they, they have to choose to eat somebody. <laughs> and if I wasn't getting paid... <laughs> I know who I would be voting for. Yeah. Yeah. I know whose family I would eat in front of them. I mean, (laughs) I'm just, I'm like, I'm just bypassing that because I'm still like, I'm still hot about the fact that like these men are going to be put on trial again, 12 days later. They're going to try a different tack to get these guys convicted. And all of this is happening because some rich fucker just didn't pay them, but also never had any consequences at all to any of his actions, which technically he's the one who started all this crap by being irresponsible in the first place. He's the one who single-handedly was about to bring down the entire East India Company trade and fucking English economy. And he's just, nobody's even talking about him. They're just like, whatever. Yeah. So what's interesting, though, is that James Hublon, he was part of the East India Company. So he basically fucked himself. He was also part of the Levant Company, which was technically a minor competition for the East India Company, just in a different way, in a different area. So I, it's, it's just one of those, like, you have to question a little bit, like, what the hell was he thinking? Like, why did he do this? It's irritating. And I feel like, you know, he was choosing one over the other. I don't know. It's just fucked up. So anyway, this verdict can't stand. You know, the government's like, no, we got to figure this out. So 12 days later, they set up charges, which is this time not so much the piracy of the Ganji Sawai, but the conspiring to steal Charles II with piratical intent. So now the defendants need to prove that they had not mutinied which is actually a lot more difficult naturally bishop who was only 18 at the time when he's kind of forced to become part of the crew of the fancy he argued that he was well i'm just a young kid so when the mutiny took place so what was i supposed to do exactly Mm -hmm. kind of was like on the boat what the fuck am i supposed to do yeah i don't know may argued that he was too old and sick and that he did very little in the mutiny I only killed like three people. You should have seen Johnny over there. He got he got like eight. I don't know. Well, so like, if you, you know. remember, if you remember correctly, during the mutiny, no one was killed. Oh shit! You're right. Yeah, but it's after, and and it would count for. He also claims that he had nothing to do with any of the piratical acts that happened afterwards. Like, so in that case, he's saying I didn't kill anybody. I didn't. I didn't rape anybody. I'm too old and sickly. How am I supposed to do any of that? This time, however, the verdict is going to be guilty. Dawson, the only man who pled guilty, is the only one to get a reprieve. That usually happens if you do a guilty plea. Usually. But I thought for sure in this case he would, you know, he was going to go down. But And as I said, Sparks relayed his apology for hurting any of the women, ending his confession with, quote, that he justly suffered death for such inhumanity. So um, props to him for realizing that if he did in fact rape anybody, that that was not a good thing to do. Yeah, once again, guys, here on Mission you Spooky, think he we, would know that. we 100% stand against rape. <laughs> I think we should really make sure our position is clear on that subject. 
On November 25th, 1696, the five prisoners were taken to the gallows at execution dock, there facing the River Thames, where the Spanish expedition had begun three years earlier, the men were hanged as pirates. Thus ends the story of those who were on the Isaac. And not all of them got caught. As I said, there's only six of them. But um, still, that's a good portion of those who decided to go back. Let's move on to the second ship, which is truly one of my favorites of the three. This one carries 50 men. Would you say it's in your like top three sure. favorite ships? Yeah. Because there's, there's three of them, and it's one of your favorites. <laughs> so I just, you know, it's not like there's 20. Is it also one of your least favorite? I mean, like, of all time. Like, just ships oh, okay. in general, oh, carrying oh, people okay. doing nefarious things. I thought you yeah. were specifically talking about those three. I'm like, that is a real small pool. It's like when right. I tell my mom I'm her favorite son. But you're the only one. Yeah, I'm the <laughs> yeah. only son. So technically, yes, I'm right. But at the same time, it's like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not pulling from a hole. Yeah. Yeah. This one's got about 50 men from Every's crew. Uh, they're going to set sail for Carolina. Char Charlestown, as it's called then. By now, the colonies have a reputation for sympathetic to pirates. I don't know why. I think that's a bunch of bullshit. I think the colonies are just getting set up. Uh, it has nothing to do with the fact that that's actually 100% accurate. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure like we're still probably somewhat sympathetic towards pirates. If It depends <laughs> on, like, you know, how well did those uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movies do, you know? Uh, very well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, we're pretty sympathetic <laughs> towards pirates here. I know, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's actually unbelievable that anyone would come down on the colonies this hard and and tell us that you know it it has nothing to do with the fact that all fifty of those men who left for Carolina, like none of them were convicted of anything uh, having to do with the Ganges Walk, including they the didn't break any American laws, <laughs> including. <laughs> 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 including the fact that like some of them were actually captured and then set free <laughs> i'm just saying like we were also stealing land from the native american tribes left oh, and I'm right not... and committing <laughs> genocide so it's like piracy is like yeah nah that's fine dude now you want to see some real fucked up shit see what we do to these non-white people over here oh we're gonna get into that later on in spooky season because again i want to focus this this spooky season just a tad on some of the fucking horrible things that people did to each other oh there's still gonna be haunted shit and believe me some of the places wind up becoming very much like paranormal hot spots yeah hot spots because of all the fucking death and destruction but anyway well i think so in in those cases but i anyway then there's the particular incident of pennsylvania governor william markham markham barely knew him <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> no, because I've been having this uh, connectivity issue this whole time. It hasn't slowed down or stopped. And I came in like the the voice yeah. came in for him to say specifically that <laughs> I did not hear anything for like 10 seconds before that. Nice. I love it. I'm so happy right now. Yeah. I mean, you didn't think that I was going to talk about every and not make a connection to Pennsylvania. Right. I mean, I mean, I hope it's not. what we do. Yeah. Why the fuck are we here? Exactly. So Markham received 100 pounds each from a number of pirates who came into Philadelphia, and he took special steps to protect them. 
There's even a story about how the governor's own daughter married one of the pirates from Every's crew. <laughs> Good for her. Love is love. That's what I say. Love wins. <laughs> and lastly, there's the third ship to leave Nassau called the Sea Flower. That's going to be captained by Joseph Farrow. You remember him? Yes. I remember all the names you say. That is going to be carrying Henry Every. Probably. Most likely. Because you see, the arch pirate Every disappeared. And he was never found, never captured, and no one knows exactly where he spent the rest of his days. That is the best retirement plan for any pirate. Just, um, yeah, no one knows. He, he was successful. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And there, there's, um, there's a little bit of a, of a story about how what, what might have happened to him. And that is very possible that he wound up living back in England but that he had been gone maybe long enough and, and uh, kept his mouth shut long enough that he just was never officially found. See, that's the thing I never got with, like, old-timey shit. It's like, you could commit crimes and just shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> now there's a whole bunch of, like, facial recognition and cameras <laughs> and stuff like that that remember you. But, like, you can just... Shut the fuck up about it. And people didn't. And then that's how they got caught. Uh, thus wraps up the story arc of the greatest heist of all time. And the fact that he that that at least one of them got away. I'm not sure if I feel like two. I'm like, honestly, I don't know if I want to do if one. I'm upset that there's no movie. There should definitely be a movie about this. It's an easy script. It writes itself. Right. Really? It does. Yeah. Just read the history books. It's already written. Good. Bad job. That's what I'll say. <laughs> Good job at being bad. You did a great job of making history, friends. Yep. <laughs> ah, so anyway, I hope that you guys enjoyed that. We've got one more pirate episode coming out. And then after that, we got September and October spooky season. So our featured music today is from Emmett Druding with his new single, He Was a Friend of Mine. Now, I want to tell you guys a brief story about Emmett. Okay. Please do. Weird thing that happened. I'm on Instagram a lot, and I try to keep track of all the Philadelphia artists and people who I might want to contact at some point, or people whose music I really like, and they might not even be in Philly, but they're around here. I do have a couple of people who are from out of town coming up in September and October. Very, very cool musicians. Anyway, I get a weird text from Emmett through Instagram DM, and I take the opportunity to be like, Oh, hey, it's weird that you're contacting me because I was thinking about contacting you about using your music. You know, how do you feel about that? And then I started getting like one sort of answers back. And I thought he's been hacked and I'm not talking to him at all because when I talk to musicians on Instagram, they're all super awesome and very willing to like literally have a conversation with you. They're not just like, yeah, sure. Or, OK, fine. Like, it's usually like, you know, a conversation. So I find Emmett on Bandcamp like I do with all the other people. And I realize I can contact him through there. So I contact him and say, hey, Emmett, I got this weird Instagram thing going on. But I actually want to use your music if you're OK with it. Um, just let me know because, you know. Blah, blah, blah. So I figure I'm not going to hear from him. But then like the very next day, I got a message back. And sure enough, his Instagram had been hacked. And no, I was not speaking to him. But hey, he was totally down for us using his music. So it all worked out in the end. Although I feel really bad for him because getting your Instagram back after it's been hacked is like a total pain in the ass. It sure is. You know, right. Like you, Shannon's already had that happen to her and it's been a nightmare. 
another podcast friend had that happen. So it's a bitch. But anyway, here is the song. He was a friend of mine. And when we get back, we'll do Spooky Squad News. Welcome us back, and that's what I did. Legally speaking, I welcomed us back. I am so proud of you. Thank you. I am also <laughs> proud of me. So I'm going to try to say all this in one minute, JC. That means you only have one minute to decide how people need to contact you today. Oh, shit. How did I do it last time? How the fuck am I supposed to know? It's not my job to remember that <laughs> at all. 100% not my job. I think I got an idea. Okay. You, okay. You, you, you do what you got to do. Okay. All right. So follow us on all our socials. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on TikTok. As Mission Spooky, you're going to get me. You can also follow Mission Spooky JC on TikTok, and that's mostly pictures of his cat. But anyway. So far is only pictures of my cat. In fact, not mostly, only. Okay. Fair enough. My recent TikTok would be two hummingbirds kind of getting pissed at each other, fighting over the new nectar that I put out for them, which was really funny because I've never seen two of them fight each other for nectar. I was like, dude, there's like six openings. Relax, man. There is no reason to get upset. They got to fight. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'm just glad the hummingbirds are here. Yeah, buddy. Uh, you can find products on Redbubble store. Just look for Mission Spooky. We have our cute little cryptids that Ash has done for us. We have some of our mean looking cryptids that Chris Stone Art has done for us. And we have our logo. And you can get that on a variety of cool things off of Redbubble if you so choose. We have our YouTube account. The channel looks fantastic. It's getting there. Like I said, I just redid all of our mus musical guest stuff. So that's ready to go. And you can find them. I've just have them according to years. It's a lot easier. Have you guys watched Prey? God no. damn it. No. I watched it, it last night. It was good. He's trying to stall for time. He didn't actually uh -huh. think Yeah. I got Maybe. some. It's probably not great, but I got some. <laughs> yeah, the last one was questionable. <laughs> I do remember that. Shit, I asked what I say last time. How am I supposed to remember? Oh, hey, I remember it. Good for you. No, you. That's you. That's literally the conversation we've just had. I, I just remember that I it was shitty. Oh, I don't okay. remember what you said. I remember oh. editing the part out because everybody was like, that's it. Like, that's, and I was like, yep, that's it. <laughs> that's what's happening. Oh, well. I do what I can. They're not all winners. You can join our Patreon at the $1, $3, and $5 levels. One single buck gets you our undying gratitude and a shout out on the cast. It also gets you archived episodes of our special states and countries that JC and I did before Cord got here at the $3 level. You will get 
those states and countries that are updated from now on. You also get the stat block card and the art card for any cord versus cryptid creatures. At the $5 level, you are just basically saying we love you and we want to continue having you do this crazy thing that you do. Just know that there will be a $5 level reward. There will be a reward at some point in the very, very near future, as in probably November. You can always join our Discord channel. That's found in the, our links. If you go to any of the sites like Twitter or Instagram, there'll be a link to that. And that is all. And once again, we are on the good pods, like top 10. As we should be. Um. Yeah. So Cord doesn't know what social media is, so... I'm an old man. I don't know any TikTok except what comes out of the cuckoo clock. <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. Oh, shit, that was good. Taking us out once again, it is Emmett Druiding with his new single, He Was a Friend of Mine. You can find all of Emmett's work on Bandcamp and uh, check him out on Spotify as well. As always, stay spooky and don't die. But if you do, contact us cord you were right i was bluffing god damn it i've known you for way too long for that shit come on well we're waiting via if you could what i'm gonna need you to do is go to your nearest shipyard buy a boat and then name your boat whatever your message is take a picture of the name on your boat send it to us that's how you get in contact with us thank you ss fuck you jc that's fucking good. He never done no wrong. He never done no wrong. He was just a poor boy a long way from home. And he was a friend of mine. Oh, now he was a friend of mine.